Welcome back, fans. We are here with Chris and Rob just after the exciting Xavier Villanova game for episode three of the full 40 minutes with Chris and Rob of Villanova Basketball Podcast. Get excited. We've got an awesome 40 minutes ahead for you. Obviously, an exciting night. Villanova just taking down Xavier for our biggest win of the season, arguably anybody in college basketball's biggest win of the season. We've got a full slate of topics, so here's what we have on tap for you tonight. We've got one, obviously the game recap, we are gonna get into it. Two, we've got an update on the heart monitor as well as a bonus Kyle Lowry NBA All-Star Game preview. Three, then we're gonna do a little bit of a look ahead for Villanova, see what we have coming up this week. And then we'll do a quick look around the Big East and see what else is going on that may derail or impact Villanova's Big East title hopes. All right, so that's what we've got on tap tonight. So let's jump into the first topic. First and foremost, it is a huge win for Villanova tonight, taking down number four Xavier, giving us a little momentum back. Some big themes for the night. The three ball was back. The defense seemed competent. Chris, what do you think? What a game. What a performance all around. What a difference a few days makes. Amazing. I'm just excited. Now all of a sudden... It feels like we're watching a different team again. We feel like a team that like has got good long-term prospects. Frankly, I was debating myself. I'm sitting there thinking earlier today, my God, if we have to record another podcast after a loss, that then means we, Villanova basketball is 0-2 since the podcast started, and we may have to abandon this. <laughs> and they haven't lost back-to-back games in like a million years. <laughs> like the last time we lost back-to-backs was like March 2013. My God. When, when we lost in the Big East tournament back in the old Big East and then lost to North Carolina in the first round. So thank goodness they won. Uh, <laughs> it's but not our fault. <laughs> it's not, it's not, this is not on us anymore. We're off the hook. I mean, you got to like how the team came out today. We talked last week about how the team needed to show moxie. It needed to show pep in the step. It needed to show hustle. Yes, of course, everything looks better when you get the threes going in early, which sure. we were on fire and fuego early. Yep. Right? But even just the body language of the team came in like, this is important to us, and we're going to fight and play Villanova basketball and win. Yep. We're going for like 35 minutes of Villanova basketball today. There was like a little piece in the, in the second half yep. where we got a little bit three happy, got a little bit lackadaisical, let them drive the lane a little too much. But you just got to like the performance from the guys. I thought the freshmen stepped up. I thought the defense was solid. Xavier is a top 10 offensive efficient team in the country per Ken Palm. So this is no slouch offensively. The game was paid, I think if I had to guess, or 70 to 75 possessions. And we held them to, what was it, 77 with a couple points yep. in garbage time. Yeah. So the you got to like the defensive effort. And then the offense was clicking 79 points, I think it was. Yep. And the offense was clicking uh, on all cylinders in the first half. 51 points on the road in the first half. 
Yeah, sign me up for that yeah, any game. We, we were sitting here talking about one of the things that we didn't mention on the last podcast was that we are always slow. We've been slow lately on the uptick, and yeah. then we just come out firing. Yeah. And that's what we want to see. That's what we asked for. The team delivered. I thought Jay did a bang-up job. Honestly, the refs were calling everything. We had guys in foul trouble. I had some issues maybe a little bit with Zay, with uh, Jay leaving Pascal out there a little too long in the second half when he picked up his fourth foul. Spellman fouled out, but by the time he fouled out, the game was in hand already. Yeah. I thought Jay did a great job managing that. Utilized the full bench, eight guys yep. deep. We are eight guys deep. Although Len Elmore seems to think that we only have about five do players. We, do we need to, I think we should just get into Len Elmore now. I know we're in the middle of the game recap, but I think we should just talk about Len All right, Elmore. let's talk about Len Elmore for a quick minute. So Len, Len Elmore, by the way, was one of the announcers during the game. He was the one who came across as borderline incompetent, I think, for most of the game. Had, had one talking <laughs> so, point. So, so this is the thing that's killing me. Fox Sports, and this is why we just, we just hate on Fox Sports all the time. Fox Sports is advertising this game left and right. Game of the week. Game of the year. They're advertising it during the Michigan State game, which then you roll up and it's some guy I never heard of before and Len Elmore on the broadcast. Len Elmore, honestly, I think the guy's like 130. (laughs) Like, he sounded old and terrible 10 years ago on ESPN when he was calling our games on ESPN. And he always was calling our games on ESPN. I think I think Fox News, or excuse me, Fox Sports gave him, it's a second Freudian slip second here. It's happened Freudian twice. Slip. Yikes. I think Fox Sports gave him one talking point. They said, Villanova has Phil Booth hurt, therefore they have a short bench. Short bench. We played eight guys. We played eight guys. Len Elmore must have hit that point, I think, five or six times during the game. And then when he wasn't hitting that point, he was saying that we were three happy. Like, guy, I realize that we've been in a shooting slump, and I realize there's definitely a point in the second half where we got a little bit out of kilter and shooting threes off the bounce again like we were doing the last few games. But come on, man. That, like, come up with something better than that. I mean, frankly, that is our, that is our offense. That, 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 to me, a statement like that is basically saying, I don't know and I don't watch Villanova basketball. If you follow Villanova basketball, you know that we are a three-point oriented team. That is strategically the way Jay Wright has set up his team to be. It is the exact NBA model. It's what's in vogue in the NBA. Jay Wright's been ahead of the curve, and he has literally recruited players who are shooters so we can be a three-point team. And you got to hand it to Jay's player development, too, because these guys get better at shooting while they're at Villanova. So... Player development. Let's talk about Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, my goodness. Stud. Stud. So, first off, all of the players, all the starters were in double digits tonight. Unreal. And if you tell me before the game, Jalen's going to have 11 points and 8 assists, which is – 8 assists is great. That's a lot. It's great, yeah. Um, But he's only only going to have 11 points. I'm going to be like, ooh, could be rough sledding. But no, Dante DiVincenzo thought otherwise. The big ragu, 21-9-9. A rebound and an assist. Off of a triple double, and can we talk about one of his assists in the first half? Oh my They're god! Run out where he found Spellman off a bounce pass that I didn't even know where he was going with it, and then Spellman just got it run handed flush highlight real play. It was sick. It, okay, Dante Divincenzo. I have to say, earlier in the season, I was talking talking with a few friends, 
and we were saying, look, DiVincenzo, he's got a lot of upside, obviously a shooter, incredible athlete. I had question marks around the decisions that he was making. And the past few games, he's stepped into the starting role. The decision-making has tightened up. And the upside of Dante DiVincenzo, like, mind you, let, let's, let's pause for a minute. Dante DiVincenzo was our sixth man to start this year. Dante DiVincenzo's upside, in my mind, next year is not first-team Big East. It's first-team All-American, absolutely upside of Big East Player of the Year. And his decision-making, this is, this is maybe a little aggressive, is getting to the level. I don't think he's, he's there. He's not going to get there. He's getting to the level and aggressiveness of Jalen Brunson. Don't say Jalen. No, come on. It, it, he's, I love he's working towards it. Other has different skill sets that make him that could make him an even more exciting player than Jalen Brunson. But he's not be- a better decision maker than Jalen Brunson. I'm gonna have to debate with you on that. One. All right, all right, all right. That's fine. It, look, it, like I'm saying, he's not there yet. But the the potential but, but and his the athleticism, develop- he, could, he could fly through the roof. Absolutely. So Dante showed up tonight. All-around performance was amazing. Let's talk about some of the other guys. Bridges. Bridges. Welcome back. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Miguel was, the past couple games, I don't know what was going on. Miguel was a little bit MIA, but he stormed back. 25 points from him. That's, I mean, that's beastly. I mean, he was, on, he was just absolutely torching the Nets in the first half. Yeah. He was terrific. Man, I thought Spellman made some nice plays. Spellman had some big threes. How about Colin Gillespie? He had 10 points tonight. Great performance in a tough spot. Freshman, right? Hits that three in the corner, which was basically the dagger. I think that and was the a, shot of the and game, then yeah. a couple early, a couple plays earlier, he made some drive to the hoop and scooped it in, absorbing some contact with the refs didn't call. Yeah. Right? Absorbed some contact, put a finger roll in, little little jelly fan. <laughs> little Jelly Fam. Colin Gillespie. Newest Jelly Fam member? Newest Jelly Fam member, Colin Gillespie. Yes. Right? And he looked terrific. I yeah. mean, you can't really point out a player who you're disappointed with today. I thought Pascal was a little bit overexcited, but I get that. He's probably his first game where he really feel like he has legs back under him. Yeah. I mean, he looked a little bit disoriented last game still against Providence. Yeah. The whole team looked disoriented <laughs> against Providence. That's true. Uh, but... But today, look, back to being Eric, can to three, at least one, I think, making good plays. So I will say the one play that stood out for me for Pascal was he was obviously in foul trouble the mm-hmm. whole game. Comes back in, I think it's kind of midway through the second half. You know, the, the lead is like, I don't know, five or six at this point. We miss a shot. Xavier's bringing the ball up the court. Pascal hustles back and, in my mind, almost risks the game because he basically dives from behind knocks the ball out of, I, I don't even know who it was, whoever on Xavier was handling the ball, knocks it out of their hand. There's a scrum. Spellman ends up with it. Off to Dante. Fast break. We get the bucket. That was the Gillespie three. That was the, the Gillespie three. In the corner. That was, that to me just epitomized what Villanova basketball is about. And we talk about the full 40 minutes of Villanova basketball. That was it. That was a smart play. That was an absolute 100% hustle play. And that yeah. turned the game around right yep. there. Yep. That was it. So, like, he, look. He was in foul trouble. He played smart, and it's just so exciting to see him getting back into the rhythm. And look, if I'm if I'm anybody else in the country, prior to today, I'm, I'm sitting there looking around, saying, 
ah, Villanova, they're, they're a little off. They lost two of the past three, a little bit beat up. Now I'm sitting there saying, oh, crap. They just buried the number four team in the country. And oh, their the starter, Phil Booth, is coming back yeah. this week. Big news. Big news broke right before the game. I think it was someone from the Philadelphia Inquirer broke it that Phil Booth is out of the cast. And if you saw him, he was out of the cast. I think he had a brace on. But he's out of the cast and he's coming back, potentially available for Wednesday. And he'll be back this week. That is headline news. Villanova top five team bringing back a starter. That's frightening. The only question that I have is with the way DiVincenzo is playing, you got to bring Booth in as the sixth man, don't you? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, Jay's – so here's my thing is Jay's very much a – I don't know. He's kind of a, a way – a guy who is who's all about his his system and getting folks in a rhythm, which which in, to some extent would lend it to, yeah, let's keep DiVincenzo going. But it's almost like, hey, look, I started the team – I started the season with this team with DiVincenzo coming off the bench. It was working really well. I want Phil to be comfortable when he comes back, and I want that ball handler, so maybe I bring Booth back. In which case, if that's the case, you have Dante DiVincenzo, who has just been tearing it up, coming off the bench as the sixth man. Who would start for, I I would say, would start for literally any Mm -hmm. other team in the country, bar none. You would have to think that DiVincenzo would start for almost every other team in the country. Yeah, I, I can't think of another team he wouldn't start for. It, it depends would, on the team. Yeah, but but Max, you're talking like a couple teams that he would not start on. Right. In any case, but yeah. So so I'm thinking my my take is I think Booth gets his starting job back just because Jay likes that approach. I think that Jay is actually going to stick with the hot hand here. Jay's typical approach is. I'm relying on my older guys. We've talked about this before. Jay tends to lean on his older guys. And I could see Jay, just to be clear, I could see Jay having Booth out there even more minutes than DiVincenzo. But I think who's going to physically start the game, I think he's going to have DiVincenzo start. Just because how are you going to sit a guy who's got like 30 points a couple games ago, 21-9-9? Like, the guy is totally killing it. He's making some great plays. He's growing into his role. He's been terrific i think you got to keep him out there why like why change what's working yeah i I mean look wherever he ends up the difference a year makes right we're now talking about assuming phil booth comes back and he's pretty good shooting hands pretty good we're now talking about entering march with nine players who can play significant minutes versus last year we were talking six and frankly one of those with reynolds was like yeah. it was serviceable. Yeah, Reynolds started, but he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, look, don't don't. I'm not hating on Daryl Reynolds. Daryl Reynolds did a heroic job. Like that should have been Spellman's job, but it's not. It's not where we are this year. This year, the depth is unreal. And if I'm anybody else, I would be scared of Villanova right now. Yeah, Villanova just put the whole country on notice. That's my take. Yeah. The. Let's talk about let's talk a little bit about some of the other points in the game. We said when we were doing the preview last week, we talked about wanting to see the matchup between Cantor mm, and Spellman. Great point. And then Mac has him out there for twelve minutes. Twelve minutes and then he had 
has, O'Mara out there for 16, I think. Yeah, Cantor had four points. Four points. This guy torched us. Yeah. So unless there's a team issue, which I don't know anything about yeah. Xavier, unless there's a team issue that he's got Cantor out, or unless Cantor was injured or something, what do we do? What What is he doing? So, so and the question mark in my mind is first half, right? We are just annihilating them late in the first half. We were up 19 at one point. At that point, I'm saying, if I'm the coach, I'm thinking about like what Jay was doing two years ago, right? We're in a shooting slump. Hey, let's kick it to Oshefu, who's going to give us some quick points, some automatic points down low. If I'm Chris Mack, I'm doing the same thing with Cantor. And Cantor just wasn't around. Yeah. He was a non-factor. And not to mention, you had Pascal in foul trouble. Yep. You had Spellman in foul trouble. Now, we mentioned that Spellman already fouled, had fouled out. and Pascal had four. Anyway, but you know those guys have foul trouble, so you know they're probably going to play a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. And instead they were opting for jump shots and getting – I thought Xavier played – I thought for as well as we played, and, and the way they played is kind of due to us, but for as well as we played, I thought Xavier – I thought Mac coached a poor game. It, it wasn't great. And, and what's interesting too, if you look at the stat line, they didn't shoot poorly. They shot over 45% from the field. They're shooting 35% from three. It's, it's not bad, right? But I, I think you're right. There are some nuances there and a couple levers that he could have pulled. Like, if you think about if they kick it to Cantor a couple times, say they get a few more buckets before halftime, if that lead is single digits at halftime, that mindset is totally different yeah. coming down the half. And they did a phenomenal job after halftime. They came out on fire. They whittled the lead down. And got down to three. It got down to three. Yeah, it was really tight. But imagine if that had been eight before halftime. You know, look. Ideally, we pull it out still, but it's a it's a totally different matchup in that second half. Yeah, definitely some question marks. Absolutely. And I mean, look, like you said, Villanova weathered a storm. Blewett had a great game. He put up twenty six. I said Blewett was going to have a big final game. You did. I uh, and I wasn't surprised to hear that. No, he had he had a great game, and look, Xavier played well, but I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like Mac could have done some things a little bit differently that maybe make some some big shifts in this game. And it's on the coaching staff for not having his players in control to give up ninety five points in your own house when you're a top five it's team. A lot of points. Yeah. That's just not acceptable. Yeah, no, I, you, I'm with you. It's one thing to go on the road and and, and get and get ninety five put on you. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great on the road either, but, I mean, we had 103 put on us by Bumble yeah, earlier. Yeah. But, like, have 95 points slapped on you at home in a top-five game, that's his players not being focused enough. Well, I love – I always love listening to Chris Mack press conferences because he is brutally honest about his team. And I think it was – I can't remember if it was maybe last year he came and he said, well, you know, we came down to Philly, got our annual Villanova <laughs> ass-kicking. <laughs> which is which was spot on. It's a great quote. It's a great quote. <laughs> Unfortunately, they showed up at home and got their annual Villanova ass kicking twice this year. Do we like Chris Mack? Love Chris Mack. I, I like Chris Mack. Would you sign? So so Jay Wright retires tomorrow. Do you sign up? Would and you say Chris Mack is available? Do you take Chris Mack? I probably would. I think I would too. I would probably take Chris Mack. I like him. I think he's. I like his intensity. I think he's got some things to work on. Every coach does. No coach is perfect. Yeah. Uh, but he is a good coach. He motivates his guys. His guys play tough. Player development is humongous. Yeah. My one issue with Mac, and this has more to do with his own players, and Beheim kind of had this too, and he still does, but less so now. 
just because he recruits different players. Is, is Bayheim still relevant these days? Yeah. <laughs> Syracuse might need to be the subject of a uh, how's that going <laughs> how's for you? How's that going for you? Um, oh, man. But J.P. Makura was doing J.P. Makura things on the court tonight. I saw a couple times where our players actually walked over to the referees and calmly explained what was going on. Mm. And you know because J.P. Makura is slapping. If you watch him off the ball – He's slapping. He's playing dirty. He's jawing. Uh, he had an issue where he had a run-in with Mick Cronin, uh, the head coach of Cincinnati. So for those who don't know, Xavier and Cincinnati have a very heated rivalry. They're both in, They're Cincinnati. both like five miles away from each other in Cincinnati. They play a rivalry game every year. There's been times where brawls have broken out, etc. But Chris Mack is the coach of Cincinnati. Sorry. Chris Mack is the coach of... Xavier. Uh, Xavier. Mick Cronin. It's MC and CM. Yeah. Uh, Mick Cronin's the head coach of Cincinnati. And J.P. McCura said, F you, F you, F you, like multiple times every time down the court to the coach. And he was jawing at Jay Wright today. And to me, that's a sign that a, that a coach doesn't have a player under control. Yeah. And we know that McCura's clearly got some issues. But to me, that's the one thing about Mac that I don't like. You see Jay, like you got Jalen Brunson half the game holding Jay back on the sideline yeah. to like calm down, right? Mac doesn't seem to exercise that level of discipline and control. And I understand he wants his guys to be emotional so they f- feed off of that. Yeah. But you got to have more control over your players. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I, I, I can't imagine a Jay Wright player. I mean, look, it, it's happened, right? I mean, you look back at the history, there have been some outbursts, but not on a regular basis. Like Kyle Lowry elbowing the Kansas dude, Isaiah Armwood trying to throw a punch at, I can't even remember whoever that was. Um, I mean, Spellman was getting into it, but it, it's not consistent. It's exactly. That's it's, a, it's a one-off. It's a one-off thing. You got you got Makura, who is always a dick. Yeah. I don't even know if I should say that on the podcast, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, he's a dick. He's a dick. Every single game, he's multiple complaints lodged towards officials. People have talked about it in the media. You can't get this guy under control. Yeah. And that's a that's a shame. That's the one thing about Mac that I don't really care for. Yeah, not crazy about it. All right. I mean, look, a lot of good stuff about – a lot of, lot of good talk about Xavier. Obviously, a lot of amazing talk about Villanova. Um, that was a lot of game recap. Maybe we – let's move on to – let's switch gears a little bit and – Check out the Villanovans in the NBA. Should we do a little heart monitor quick take? Yeah, let's do a quick heart monitor. And then I feel bad, and you mentioned him earlier, I feel bad that we didn't talk about Kyle Lowry. I know. And given the All-Star Games coming up, I think we should definitely hit on some Lowry too. All right, we'll do some Lowry. Yeah, let's do the heart monitor first. Give everyone an update. Uh, if you have it over what I've got Hart it. did yeah. this week. So, so Hart had, had two games this week. He should be playing in a third game. So he, he had two games this week. First game, he got 15 points on, I think it was 5 of 6 shooting. <laughs> Just deadly efficient. He was 3 for 3 from 3. Was that against the Wolves? I can't remember if it was the Wolves or the other team. We'll have to look it up. But anyway, deadly efficient that game. 8 points his other game. The Lake, the entire Lakers team was off in the second game. That said, he still contributed positively. Josh Hart still getting a lot of love. Still playing that starting role. The third game he should have been in, but he's not. He's the NBA All Star game. He somehow got <laughs> he somehow got snubbed. I'm not sure how it happened. LeBron and Steph must have overlooked him. We we've we've submitted a grievance to Adam Silver. 
and we'll see what comes back. That would have been the most unbelievable story of the NBA this season. <laughs> Guy goes from a stint in the G League to the All-Star game. Yeah, within like 20 games. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So anyway, Josh, solid week, not appearing in the All-Star game. Like Chris said, the guy who is appearing in the All-Star game, Kyle Lowry. This is his fourth All-Star game, and his his development is just unreal. I watched so I watched some some Kyle Lowry highlights earlier today, and there were Villanova highlights. The amazing thing was for me, this was like a six-minute video, so I got probably, I don't know, 40, 50 clips of Kyle Lowry. Not one of them was a shot more than two feet from the basket. <laughs> it was all layups, dunks. I mean, he was a one-dimensional player in college. A great one-dimension, but one-dimensional. The Kyle Lowry show in college, and we saw him our freshman year, and I watched him a little bit. After I decided to come to come to Villanova, after I signed my LOI, you signed your LOI. <laughs> there was, was there was, was a big presser in your high school. Yeah. I'm sure Chris Pilati is coming to Villanova, guys. <laughs> Look out! I was watching Villanova basketball a year, and you saw the development of Lowry as a freshman, and then and then especially in the tournament where he was one of our best players in the tournament uh, that year, which. Pause on that tournament. Alan Ray still didn't oh, travel. He didn't travel. <laughs> he, he still did didn't travel. travel. YouTube it. 2005 UNC Villanova. We got screwed by the officials. Alan Ray did not travel. Didn't travel. Um, but anyway, getting off that sidebar, Kyle Lowry was amazing his sophomore year. Yeah. And he got drafted in the first round after it. But it wasn't on shooting. No, absolutely not. That that he gets continued to refer to as somewhat of a marksman from deep is hysterical when you consider where he was in college. He yeah. was not a shooter. I distinctly remember a time watching Villanova play. It was I forget if it was at the Wells Fargo Center Pavilion, but I distinctly remember a time where Kyle Lowry was wide open, like not a player within 10 feet of him, a defender within 10 feet of him. And he got the ball, started to go up, and the entire student section goes, no, don't shoot. And he literally pulled it back down and passed it to someone who was way more guarded. Sounds about right. He's an insane defender, incredible athlete, could get to the cup at will. Yeah. He won us a game. At Notre, Notre, Dame. Notre Dame yeah. that year, where Notre Dame had like two trees in the in the uh, in the paint, six ten guys, yep. and Kyle Lowry skied for a tip in rebound that yeah. won us the game that 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 game. Absolutely, it was he was incredible. He was when you talk about just an individual season, Kyle Lowry's two thousand five two thousand six Villanova season was absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, he was he was something else, and it. it I, I do want to touch on his transformation when he got to the NBA. So he gets drafted. He's a first-round draft pick. He ends up starting his career. He got traded around a little bit after the draft. He ends up starting his career with Memphis. Doesn't get a whole lot of traction. couple coaching changes there. Gets kicked down to Houston. A little bit of a weird there. Gets some traction in Houston. Gets a starting role. Again, another coaching change. So Lowry's just dealing with coaching changes, trades all over the place. So he's like, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. He's, he's not getting a, a ton of, of playing time at this point. He gets moved to the backup point guard role. Eventually gets traded to Toronto. And goes to Toronto and just becomes this otherworldly player. Like Chris says, develops into 
a marksman. He ends up, he loses a ton of weight. He came back a few years ago, a couple years ago, after the offseason, just looking like a totally different player. Way slimmer, way quicker, if you can imagine that, from That's what crazy. he was. I mean, he was he was even still quick for NBA standards. And then he comes back, he's lost, I don't know, what, 10, 15 pounds or something like that. Looks like a different player. He's consistently on the all-star team. He makes the Team USA, wins a gold as part of Team USA. And now he's donated, he's, he's given back to Villanova, he has donated a million dollars recently. What did he get for a million dollar donation? The locker room. The locker room. He got, a, he got the locker room. I hope effort. they threw in the bathrooms and urinals <laughs> for that too. I mean, if I donated a million dollars, I would certainly hope I got more than the well, locker let's room. Talk about, let's talk me. about this actually. This is a funny story. So, well, first off, thank you, Kyle. Keep sticking with Nova. Oh, yeah. He and not only sticks with Nova, he is, like, he talks about Nova all the time, too. Huge Nova proponent. Oh, yeah. After we won, oh. he, had the, he had the championship hat on Absolutely. and the whole nine yards and was just feeling good in an interview afterwards. I remember that. It was yeah. great. But, but I got to tell this story. Yeah. So Villanova's redoing the pavilion, which it's going to look nice. <laughs> I'll qualify with that. I guarantee it's going to look nice. Little disappointing yep. that it's not going to increase capacity. Topic for a different day. Let's talk about that another yeah, day. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about the pavilion renovation at another time. Uh, but I approached a – so I donate. I approached a donation – my donation contact to try and donate money to the pavilion. Specifically, I wanted to donate a handful of seats that me and some of my friends, Rob included, used to always get when we were – Cheer it on the Wildcats. In the student which section. Which was in the student section, uh, 10 rows deep, right behind the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was our spot. Yeah. And it was the best spot because the best spots to lead cheers from. We were always starting the Let's Go Novas, right. the Jumping O's, the Defense Chants. <laughs> very creative cheers. Very creative <laughs> cheers. But I wanted to donate like a handful of seats. And like, I said, and like when you say donate, you mean like get like be like the Chris Bellotti like seats. I didn't even need it. my name necessarily yeah. like on top of the seat, maybe like on the uh, on the downside of the bleacher or yeah. something like that. But like I wasn't cared about that. I just wanted a spot. Yeah. Right. And with that, I wanted to like guarantee tickets for like whoever is the head of the whatever the cheer group yeah. is now, not the official cheerleaders, sure. like the uh, the cheering group, whether it's the Augustinian Army or whatever they're whatever calling, it is, they're yeah. calling it now. Uh, and that was my thought, is get and have those seats, like, called out. Yeah. I went to Villanova, and I said, look, I'm sure you're trying to donate the student – someone get someone to donate the student section. I'm not ever going to be able to afford that. Uh, but maybe a couple seats. And they came back to me and was just like, no thanks. We don't want your money. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. Add some zeros to that donation, yeah. maybe. Oh. And – and that's 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 terrific. I was I I came out of that whole conversation like laughing, like really, like no money, like, you know, we don't want it. We we literally we're too good for your money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds about right, though. Yeah, that sounds like, about right. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Try again another time. Oh my god, so good. Anyway, so look, bringing it back to Kyle, obviously incredibly generous. Thank you, Kyle. You are an incredible part of the Nova Nation, um, incredible alum. So, I mean, look, Kyle is playing in the All-Star game. Watch out for him. He's coming off the bench. I think he's part of Team Steph, I want to say. Yeah, he's on Team Steph. Um, so check him out. 
Maybe Josh will be in the stands. Um, he won't be on the court. It is in LA. It is in LA. No, that's what I mean. Um, so maybe he's watching. A little bit of a connection there. In any case, go cheer on Kyle. It'll be fun. Um, still exciting is uh, to have some Nova alums in the All Star game. Like really cool. You want to um, do a, ha- a late halftime? Yeah, let's let's do a late halftime. So I think we'll uh, we'll take a quick pause here for uh, for a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be uh, right back. <laughs> sorry, a word from our sponsor, our one period. sponsor, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Hang with us. Hey friends, it's Chris here from the Full Forty. Are you like me and love to look good but hate shopping for new clothes? Try Bombfell. Spelled B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L. It is a stylist service for men. And how it works is really simple. Go on their website. And if you're a listener to the full 40, you actually get $25 off your first purchase. It is B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com backslash full 40. F-U-L-L four zero. If you do that, you can go on, you can log in, you put in some measurements, some things you're looking for, they got a great selection of clothes, and your stylist will pick out clothes for you every so often and send you a box. Whatever you like, you keep and you pay for, and whatever you don't like, you send back free of charge. It is a great service, I highly recommend it, and remember, Bombfell, open and close. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for bearing with us. All right, we are in the second half, or in this case, probably in like... We're under like the under eight media timeout. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've run through the clock a little bit, but that's all right. All right, so we are back. We want to take... We talked about the past week. We talked about Kyle. We want to take a quick look forward and see what we have coming up for this week, which, frankly, not as exciting, but hey, let's get into it anyway. We've got two games this week. We've got... Uh, DePaul, and then we've got Creighton later in the week. DePaul, we don't want to overlook, but they kind of suck. And Creighton is not a team to overlook. They are definitely still a good team, still a tournament team at this point. Especially not Creighton in Omaha. They play like crazy in the Century Link Center. Absolutely. So yeah, so we've got we've got those two games. Um, Chris, any any thoughts in terms of what to kind of watch out for? Who's your who's your Chiron Cartwright? to look out for this week you gotta i'm just looking at creighton and i we can talk a little bit about the paul i don't want to look too far past them but when we're talking about creighton yeah Kyrie thomas and marcus foster yeah are probably two of the better one two tandem in in the big east like i mean just like player player tandem yeah like Kyrie thomas and marcus foster are creighton's jalen brunson and mccall bridges Marcus Foster, he's he's not a lotto pick. He's not a first round pick, but he is a scorer. Dude averages twenty plus a game. He is a top notch threat. Yeah, he's a top notch threat from basically all areas of the court. He creates his own shot. He's just a solid player. So, so those are the players you got to watch out for. I would say on Creighton. But going back to, um, going back to DePaul because I don't want to overlook DePaul because last week we overlooked Providence a little <laughs> bit and got a. Uh, and got torched on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the thing I've le- learned in the Big East this year. You can't take anyone for granted at home. Yeah. And this might come across as a hot take, but I think that top to bottom, we actually are in the strongest conference in the country. Maybe we'll see if we have enough teams to put like three or four into the Sweet 16. We yeah. might not have that just because we only have 10 teams. 
But we certainly have two of the best. DePaul, St. John's, and Georgetown are, I think, all trending up. DePaul's bad. But, like, <laughs> but like I think they're trending up. I mean, this is a team that was, like, if they won a game in the Big East, it was, like, a it was like a miracle. A miracle. Yeah. Like, I think they got three wins in the Big East this year. They're just someone you don't want to overlook. Uh, and it's going to take a good, hard effort. I want to see Jay use a little bit more of the bench. Uh, just because we should have this game in hand. We should win this game at home. Don't take anyone for granted, but I'd like to see Jay work his bench out a mm-hmm, little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see, if possible, get Jalen's minutes down a little bit. Jalen yeah. needs to get his legs under him, get Bridges' down minutes down a little bit, get a little bit more uh, game from Samuels and Gillespie. Love that, and, yeah. And, uh, and Dada. Yeah. And I think this is an important game to make sure. Obviously, you got to get the win. Yep. Um, but I think it's, a good, it's an important game to try and – you don't have any opportunities left in the season to give guys a rest. So we don't have any buys. We don't have anything like mm-hmm, that. The Big mm-hmm. East tournament's coming up. That yes. should be a couple games or three games, hopefully, in a row. And you want to use these games to try and like extend the bench a little bit and and move things forward. Well, as, as Len Elmore would say, we really don't have any bench. Oh so, um, but, but you're right. You, we should extend. I mean, maybe we should just pick up somebody off the street because clearly we just, we just don't have anybody to, to go to it. Timmy the Hips Delaney? Tim Hips Delaney, dude. I, look, I'm sure Tim Delaney's a great guy, but guy's not going to see the court. So yeah. So then looking at Creighton, Creighton, Creighton's a tournament team. I think they're yep. going to make the tournament. Yeah. Uh, they play us. They always play us tough. In CenturyLink, their fans are wild. It's their Super Bowl. It's another Saturday game. It's gonna. I think it's an. I think it might be an evening game. And it's a. It's a tough. It's a tough environment. So another Saturday night that you can't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be looking to cement their resume. Yeah. Uh, and versus a top five team, and no, no more games left that we can take for granted in the Big East. Because even our final home game versus Georgetown is not. A cakewalk anymore. Georgetown seems to be on the upswing again. And look, we have a tough stretch to finish out. We've talked about that a little bit before. But if we're going to win the Big East Championship this year, we got to we got to win out. We got to win out the schedule to be the Big East champion because I don't think Xavier is going to lose. Their schedule's not hard coming up, and so you got to count on Xavier winning out. And then if we win out, we'll tie and we get the tiebreaker. Doesn't matter. I know you're big. You're big on. You want the conference championship. I, I couldn't care less at this point. Yeah. Call me spoiled, but we've won four in a row. My sights are set on bigger things. I get it. I get it. I said earlier in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast that I buy into Jays. We play to win the Big Five, then we play to win the Big East regular season, and then we play to win the Big East tournament. And when we get to March, we obviously want to win the tournament. But we take it one game at a time and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I buy into that. To me, when they – and when Jay says at the end of the season, and to his credit, he also said it after the national championship season too. He says like, you know, we judge our season on did we accomplish the things that we set out to accomplish. And one of those things is they win the Big East championship. So if we do lose early or even if we do go on a long run, they point to the Big East championship and they say – we did that. We accomplished one of the big goals. It's a successful season because we accomplished one of the goals that we sought to accomplish. Yeah. If you're going to say that, this is my point here. If you're going to make that claim, then you got to go win the conference. Yeah. Right? Because if you do get knocked out in the second round, you got to point to something to say, to say, hey, we do this. So 
my that's my take. Yeah. I I take pride in winning the Big East. I I am I don't envy because I don't envy Kansas obviously, but like I think it's really cool that Kansas the big talk in the Big 12 this year is all about is Kansas finally going to lose its win streak of like 13 straight or something crazy conference championships. I would love to run out a a streak that long. Yeah. Um, but I take pride in winning these tournaments. I think the Big East is a great conference. To win the regular season is a great statement. And I think that winning the regular season, not to say I don't care about March. I care about March. But my take, and this, and this will come up again because it came up already, is you got to make the Sweet 16. Yeah. If you make the Sweet 16, then you could look back on it and say, made the Sweet yeah. 16, won the Big East, etc. Yeah, I just think there's there, there may be a disconnect because I hear Jay, I hear what you're saying that Jay preaches, hey, let's win the Big Five, let's win the Big East, whatever. Look, we won a national title two years ago. The fan base as a whole thinks differently than Jay Wright thinks. Jay Wright, look, I respect Jay Wright, and I don't want to question Jay Wright in terms of like how he defines success. But the fan base, I think, at this point, frankly, is spoiled and wants something bigger. So that's good. You take your Big East title. I mean, look, I'll say we... Uh, you know, the, the Big East tournament title, we, we've never won a national title. We won the Big East title. So, like, oh I'll trade. God. You know, I'll oh trade. Villanova fans <laughs> in particular are, like, so weird and superstitious about these things. Like, like this is my favorite thing. And I've heard you say it before, so I'm bringing I'm big it up. on this. I'm big I'm, on this. I'm, I'm, like, oh, I don't want to get a one seed because. Absolutely. Because, because we didn't win when we got a one seed. We we've only won as an eight seed, so I feel good about that. No, you don't. And and a two seed, so a two seed, I feel better playing from a two. I seed. want the two. I oh want the goodness. two. That's crazy talk. Give me the two. That's crazy but, talk. But Duke is the one in our bracket. I'm good to go. Statistically speaking, teams that have one seeds have won the championship the most times. <laughs> That's fine. That's also because they're the best teams. Yeah, yeah. So, but I hate the logic of that. <laughs> to me, my take is. I want to be greedy. Go win the Big East regular season. Go win the Big Five. Go win all yeah. your out of conference games, and then go and win the Big East tournament championship. Get an overall number one seed, and then go win the thing. Then you're undisputed at that point. No one can say anything to you. You won the regular season. You won the overall regular season. You won the tournament. Yeah. Let's just do that. I like it. All right. Well, look. I, I want to win a national title. The, look. Yeah. The one, two things I will say. One is. The one sixteen game is makes me always makes me nervous. I know it sounds crazy. I'm looking at like playing some team sixteen seed. You don't want to be the first one seed to get knocked off. That's why you sign up for the two fifteen game. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and then the other thing is, if you're the two seed in the Big East tournament, you play the night game on Thursday. Mm. And I would prefer that just because I can't get out of work. A lot of people can. I can't get out of work. So that's like my selfish reason why that. Which just for anyone on this podcast who's listening who hasn't been to the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Go. You got to go. It's a must-go thing. It's just a terrific atmosphere. Go on Thursday night and go on Friday night for sure. Championship night is fun. But like it's not as necessary as – Thursday night and Saturday night are just terrific. You get two games. 
and it's always great action, always everyone's into it. Yeah. I mean, look, headline is, we are currently in the golden age of Villanova basketball. You should take every chance you can to see this team live. And the fact of the matter is that the fact that we are debating whether we'd trade a Big East championship for a national championship, a one seed for a two seed, that's a great debate that I love to have. So I, I think we are, we're coming up on, on time at this point. So I do want to, we talked about what we have coming up this week. There's actually not all that much interesting across the rest of the Big East this week. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. A couple games that I will call out, though, that, that could have some interesting implications. St. John's versus Seton Hall next weekend. St. John's is obviously streaking right now. Um, definitely a lot of buzz. Shimori Pons is just killing it on all fronts. Seton Hall going the opposite direction, and they have just fallen off a cliff. So very curious to see what happens there, if Seton Hall can right the ship, or if St. John's and the team of Shimori's are going to continue their streak and, and try to make a run in the Big East tournament. Um, so that, that's the one game I want to call out. Xavier is only playing the joke of Georgetown next week. That's their only game. So they, they clearly said, hey, look, we got a tough matchup with Villanova. Let's take an easy week and kind of slide into the following week. So that'll be a good recovery for them. But I think those are the, the big ones that, that are probably most interesting this week. Creighton Butler's not bad either. Creighton, Creighton Butler's a good game. That's good game. two teams that are probably going to make the tournament. Yeah. Butler that, picked up a nice win over Providence yeah, earlier today. Yeah, they'll both want to win that game for sure. Great. So, look, obviously this was a fun podcast to do. Terrific win for Villanova. For our listeners who have stuck with us through three podcasts, look forward to the fourth coming midweek next week. Hopefully after a win against DePaul, we will check back in. Um, But this has been a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to the next few weeks and hopefully the next month and a half, knock on wood. If you have any questions, post them on Twitter to at the full 40 that's at t-h-e-f-u-l-l-4-0 that's on twitter.com uh we also have an instagram page uh under the same same handle same handle and uh yeah we want to hear your questions if anything you want us to discuss reach out thank you for listening if you like it like it on twitter like it on instagram share it uh, with your friends. We're looking to continue to build this podcast. We love doing this and we want to make this as enjoyable for you as possible, Ken. So with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks a lot for listening. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.